the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Yep, and I'm in the house one more time uh, on another Monday evening. I'm hoping to enjoy the two hours of conversation and dialogue with you. Um, interesting week, very interesting week. I trust you had a good week. I hope that it ended well. I hope that you had a good time in worship. Um, what can I say? We're moving uh, toward the middle uh, end of the thir- uh, first quarter of the year. We're headed towards... Um, April and uh, maybe we can get past some of this rainy weather into a, a good spring and then a good summer. In the meanwhile, uh, our world is just in a topsy turvy. It never seems to end, you know. Um, issues are going on all over the world, politically and socially, and I, I have no doubt spiritually as well. You know, um, one might ask the question about all of the kind of. Um, Changes and uh, uh, economic uh, ups and downs, uh, lows and uh, ebbs and flows that are happening in the market, and and uh, and especially, you know, in 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 light of all that you hear uh, concerning uh, you know what the media has to offer with regards to to, to information and news, news, news. Uh, when one uh, dips his uh, proverbial foot into the pool of, of news and data, uh, generally what you get is a bunch of um, uh, political speculations and haranguings. And a lot of it is just, um, how can you put it, uh, just, it's kind of vanity, if you, if you ask me. Vanity. Um, and, I, and I suppose that there's a measure of blessing in that, uh, in the sense that um, as long as we're not dealing with like real nuclear war uh, on our doorsteps, uh, and as long as we're not dealing with, um, you know, radical famine, uh, uh, you know, events and threats in our land, I, I guess we have to still count our blessings, you know. Uh, there are uh, still levels of uh, normalcy for us, and yet uh, you might you might want to affirm this. We 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 are kind of living in a, a either a we're on the brink of some kind of a weird uh, um, revelation on a, on a political level that can be even more destabilizing as as the last ten or twenty years has been. I don't know about you, but I look at things from a large perspective of um, history past, the present, and its implication towards the future. I very seldom live within the myopic mindset of what's just going on today. 
maybe it's because I'm getting older, but what I I do is I maintain kind of a, a peripheral vision of things as they have been since, let's say, the the marked era of the 60s, that era of the baby boomers, of which I am, where the world fundamentally uh, deconstructed. Uh, we we left the world of modernism and and a, a set of norms and institutional structures that basically uh, brought us the industrial revolution for sure, uh, and then expanded uh, economic prosperity at least for Western cultures, um, uh, and then opened the door for uh, you know technological innovation and uh, educational opportunities. But that was also mixed with war. Uh, World War One and World War Two, as you know, and then Korea and then um, uh, Japan, as well as Vietnam. Uh, and, and this is all biblical. These are the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as you know, in Revelation chapter six, the white horse, the gospel, the red horse, war, the black horse, famine and the grand speckled is death. Uh, when you properly understand the book of Revelation to be Christocentric and not ethnocentric. Uh, then you comprehend Matthew 24, or the uh, the the great Olive Discourse by our master as projecting as the quintessential prophet that our world will have cyclical wars. It will have cyclical prosperity. It will have cyclical famines uh, of a radical nature, meaning that it would be the consequence of war. Famine is almost always the consequence of war, if not natural catastrophe. And if it's natural it's often God making war against man because of his rebellion and denial to acknowledge God as the source from whom all blessings flow. And uh, and then we have the gospel, as our master had said, going into all the world, even in the midst of all that crazy. And sometimes, sometimes uh, the gospel actually thrives in the midst of a broken world system that really doesn't have real answers to all of the so-called political and social problems and ills that it is confronted with. Sometimes the only way the gospel can really be of uh, of a benefit is when people come to realize their mortality, realize their um their their brokenness, uh, realize their uh, their uh, fleeting uh, and, and and liable state. Realize their vulnerability to to powers that are greater than them that can bring them into uh, states of misery and burden. Um, all that's possible uh, in a in a topsy turvy world. That's the world you and I live in. It's exactly like Isaiah put it in Isaiah chapter fifty seven around verse twenty one. The wicked are like the troubled sea that are tossed to and fro, that kick up, you know, muck and mire and can never, ever find rest. Now, that's the world you and I live in. Uh, No real long periods of uh, what we might call proverbially the millennium, which... Uh, will be a controversial topic matter along with eschatology and, you know, no more than five to 10 years. I I guarantee you we will be pressing into that as the church that is operating presently blinded blindly uh, around the influences and prism of uh, of politics, in my opinion. Uh, The church has no real authoritative voice presently because it's trapped by politics as well. Uh, unfortunately, particularly in the West, is trapped by politics. 
Uh, and therefore, it has no real authentic prophetic, prophetic voice. But in the time of trouble, when we hit that apex of difficulty, where we have to actually sincerely go back to the book and, 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 and be more critical in our thinking about some of our, our framed eschatological views that seem to, to, to hold sway today that are not as challenged as should be in terms of their origins and their framework and their assumptions and their and their and their popular views. See, God has to bring trouble in the life of the church before it goes back to the book and reevaluates its assumptions and its historical precedents. I just believe that there's going to be a time when the church of the living God, the body of Christ, the body of true believers represented by many denominations that are still holding to the fundamentals of the faith. I'm not talking about the apostate churches. I'm not talking about your liberal churches. I'm not talking about your your progressive churches. I'm not talking about churches that have abandoned the word of God, have abandoned the clear fundamentals of the gospel, have abandoned the reality of the one true and living God revealed in three persons. I'm not talking about that church that has abandoned the radical necessity of the atoning work of Christ as being real, as being substitutionary, as being penal as a consequence of his apostasies, representing men and women from every nation, kindred, tribe and tongue. I'm not talking about the church that has substituted the gospel for a social program rhetoric that fundamentally today makes Jesus just an example. I'm talking about the real gospel of the real God of the real word of God. I'm talking about that church that was the means of preservation in our culture for many, 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 many uh, centuries, albeit constantly harassed by the great antichrist system taking the church and dragging it down from heaven and uh, running it through the, the the mud of the social systems of this world and, and making the gospel of non-effect. God's power still works in the communities of those who have been begotten of the Spirit of God and therefore begotten of the Word of God and, and therefore love the Word of God and have been used by God even though we've had to suffer persecution. I believe we'll come to that point uh, sometime in the future where we will once again, face the word of God with purged eyes, cleansed hearts, liberated souls, extricated from the bondage of this Babylonian system and and free now to fly uh, in the spirit of God as legitimate prophetic voices, uh, calling men and women to repentance, wearing the proverbial garb of Revelation 11, the true two witnesses, not Moses and Elijah reincarnated but the true two witnesses bearing sackcloth and ashes and telling the world, except you repent, you will perish under the wrath of God and then give by affirmation of the effusion of the spirit of God and signs and wonders following them. That is the the, the resurrected, the, the quickened church, the empowered church to let the world know exactly what God's timetable is and what God's plan is infallibly without error and uh, free of the mere speculations and skepticisms of men. That day is coming, but it's not here now. Right now, we're still kind of in a, I guess, a Disneyland mode. Uh, I don't don't know. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Let me me put it like this before I take a break and then come back. Um, The line number, the phone number here is 1-888-367-5329. You better have something good to talk about if you're calling me without, you know, submitting to the topic I'm bringing up. Um, Be glad to hear from you, but don't want to hear about anything that's not 
really relevant to where we are. one 367 one I'll tell you what. Um, last week I had an opportunity to uh, to to put my ear near the 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 um, the, the vocal orifice of the media um, and uh, and engage in listening to the Michael Cohen uh, uh, hearings. Michael Cohen being the president, uh, Donald Donald J. Trump's former lawyer. You know, he's, uh, as they are calling him, the fundamental turncoat, the Benedict Arnold, particularly on the part of the um, conservatives and Republicans who are saying that he's not worth listening to. But uh, by, uh, by virtue of just an opportunity to hear unfiltered, free from CNN's news or free from Fox, you know, interpolation, just listening to the hearings themselves uh, where there were a number of uh, senators and congressmen on both sides of the aisles um, uh, challenging, investigating, querying Mr. Michael Cohan. It was a riveting, 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 riveting uh, display of uh, of what I want to acknowledge is a fundamental uh, working of our legislative branch against the executive branch of our government being the office of the presidency uh that that legal process is working it's slow it's broken but it's working and our leaders are being held accountable for their words under oath and that's what's happening presently with um our president donald j trump uh simply because the man that has been uh turned if you will is a man that was facing many 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 years in prison but because of the valued information and valued resources and valued uh, uh, data that he held against his own uh, client, Donald J. Trump, before presidency, because he worked for him for 11 years, uh, there just was all kinds of uh, interesting, incontrovertible, very obviously objective data that Mr. Cohen was able to give Uh and I'll tell you, to just watch how the uh, Republicans uh, approached it and attacked him and watched how the um, uh, progressives or neoliberals attacked it, approached it, to see how those parties are so diabolically and diametrically opposed to each other was very insightful. I mean, absolutely very insightful. Too much to talk about, to be honest with you. But when I come back from the break, I'm definitely going to share with you seven things that I took away from those hearings that I think would be beneficial for you and me. Um, Seven things that I think for Christians, particularly as I have talked to you for many years now, The one area that I would encourage every believing Christian, every Bible believing Christian to avoid is identity politics and somehow you wrapping up your whole purpose for existing in a party. Just utterly avoid party politics because the moment you attach yourself to those groups, you make your, your Christian faith completely discreditable. It just means nothing. It means absolutely nothing when you have to hide behind or protect Donald Trump or hide behind and protect Hillary Clinton or hide behind and protect Bernie Sanders and the rest of the politicians. Um, You shall not 
condemn the righteous and justify the wicked. That's you, me, or anybody else. And politics forces that because of the dialectical process. Politics does not allow you to be objective. It does not allow you to be honest or Christian. Uh, For you to do that, you're going to have to sacrifice your party on particular issues. Uh, Party politics is just like intersectional conflict syndrome that I've been talking to you about. At some point, you're going to be in conflict with your own party because it has no intention whatsoever, the Republicans or the Democrats, to obey God's word. Not for a moment. (laughs) Not for a moment. By the way, pray for your school systems because they are trapped uh, between the social justice agenda and the government, and they don't know what to do. Pray for your teachers. They need your help here uh, across the nation. Our our public schools are in shambles across the nation, but pray for your teachers here in the Bay Area and the students and, and the parents that are trying to seek solutions. They are striking and having problems, and our uh, Sacramento is just in a mess, in a mess, in a mess. And that means we're in a mess. So pray for them. Um, I've got two lines open, I suppose. one 367 one When I come back from the break, I'll talk a little bit more, and then I'll, I'll take your phone calls, and we'll see if we can have uh, a go-at uh, dialogue and conversation that's worthy of, uh, of the exercising of our senses and of our spirits on the Monday edition of Lifeline with your host, Jesse Gistan. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back at the time, 526 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I was just ranting in my opening uh, monologue about um, where we are in our in our world and where we are in our government. Uh, let me also say this while I am still kind of, um, I, I feel like, uh, and, and I've done this now, I think about 12 years on the Monday, edi- uh, Monday edition of Lifeline, uh, being able to fill in on Mondays for Craig. Um, I feel. I feel like this is a topic and that we've done a lot of topics and many of the topics I've done have like predated their actual maturation uh, uh, destiny. Uh, I've talked about things that would occur and they really weren't talked about or really weren't a big, weren't a big point in the uh, in the culture and the news until later on down the line. And I feel like this one is uh, for for people for whom it matters, if you're if you're just kind of stuck uh, and you don't really care what's going on, I, I, I get it. Problem is, there is going to be a point in time when the things that are going on in our world around us, particularly politically, will press in on you and me so seriously that if we if we weren't doing what the Lord had said according to the Word of God, uh, being circumspect. Uh, because the days are evil, uh, that is to 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 watch in a very broad peripheral way to to have our head turning uh, a full 360 degrees and observing what's going on in every aspect of of human and social life uh, that is within the scope of our possibility and our abilities so that we can kind of know what the adversary is up to. If we're not doing that, then none of this matters. For people who are just kind of going around with their head in the sand like fish in an evil net at a time that they know not, shall men be taken up in political and social and economic agendas 
simply because there are powers operating above our uh, awareness uh, that have no intentions of letting you and I know what they're doing, simply implementing policies. And the next thing you know, this is where we are in the Babylonian captivity, as the book of Revelation would uh, uh, symbolically and metaphorically put it. Men will be slaves again. Men will be in bondage again. Men will be demonically tormented again. Men will be uh, engaged in whoredoms again. Men will be engaged in witchcraft. Crafts. They will be engaged in sorceries in their sorceries pertaining, pertaining to massive drug use, massive uh, gateway uh, openings for uh, demonic influence and therefore delusions and deceptions. All of that is part of the Babylonian system that you and I are presently in the middle of. And the believer has to be sober and vigilant and watchful because your adversary, the devil, is going about seeking whom he may devour. And he's doing it very quietly, surreptitiously, uh, stealthily, uh, if you will, and, and very productively. By the way, again, uh, I think we made mention of it. I hope to be able to have someone on the air, maybe Pastor Phil, in the next hour somewhere toward the end of the program where we can talk about what's coming up on Friday. Uh, a handful of men. I'm hoping hundreds upon hundreds. I will have close to that number coming with me uh, this Friday at Valley Bible Church in in Hercules, where Pastor Phil Howard is the senior pastor. A bunch of brethren over there are wanting to get together with the men. We we want to come together for Friday evening uh, fellowship around the Word of God. It's uh, it's their annual Walking to Win conference. Bunch of men. Coming together, I, I was told the ladies can't be there, and I and uh, that's sad. But it's a time for women. Then there's a time for men to gather, and we are gathering together around the Word of God. And if you haven't heard it, um, I will be the keynote speaker uh, on Friday as well as on Saturday, and we will have a Friday evening message. But before that, we will gather together for dinner to sit around tables and eat and fellowship and get to meet one another and re-greet one another from the different local congregations of men who um, who call upon the name of the Lord um, out of truth as well as we do, and we'll get a chance to know one another. And if you're not doing anything this Friday, brother, you should be there. You should make every effort to be part of this, uh, this gathering that we have been praying for and asking for God's uh, drawing power to draw men from every quarter of the Bay Area because uh, you need to hear what's going to be spoken about and you need to be impacted by the community of men who are going to come together. And I'm praying that they're coming together hungry and committed and resolved to enter into the work of God at another level of zeal, passion, and clarity and commitment that men have been accused of, and rightly so, of missing in action uh, for a, a number of years, this has been the effect of the adversary in our culture and in our nation and particularly in our region of the world, California, for many decades. You're talking about the proverbial ruin of Jerusalem as a reputation, as uh, you know, as an entity affecting society, Jerusalem being uh, ultimately symbolized by the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, of whom we say we are. Uh, the kind of impact that we should be making in our culture uh, first must necessitate the kind of impact we should be making in our own communities. I'm talking about in the church. 
And that's where I'm going to be speaking to how the diabolical workings of the adversary has infiltrated the church and has completely um, emasculated, if not made non-effect, real men. Uh, Men have a very hard time in a lot of our churches uh, being leaders. And I'm not just talking about being an elder or a deacon or a pastor. I'm just talking about being men. Men Men by vocation are leaders. What God called them to be. I know our world doesn't teach that, but God's word does. And 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 every boy should be being trained to be a man leader, a man leader, a man leader. Um, and and that's what we're going to be dealing with. And we're going to be working from the paradigm of the restoration of the gates and the walls and the temple and the city of Jerusalem, as was uh, given to us in the uh, Old Testament uh, book of Nehemiah, 587 B.C. until 445 B.C. under the command and charge given to King Cyrus, the Persian king, who uh, aided and abetted and, and saw to it that the temple was reestablished and his son, Xerxes, blessing Nehemiah with the resources and the powerful testimony of the book of Nehemiah on men working, men working together with God and for God and men discerning and men recognizing the, the, the problem and the challenges and men recognizing and discerning the places and, and strategic spots where the enemy has come in and men working valiantly uh, by wisdom and discretion on how to recover, recover, recover what in our ignorance, rebellion, uh, indifference and negligence has allowed to be stolen by the secular world system and by the satanic influences of uh, marauding uh, hypocrites who have come into the church like Sam Ballard and, and Tobiah and the Gershomites. And all of that speaks to where we are today and how we need to uh, shore up the walls of Jerusalem and shore up the gates so that ministry is done in an effective way, according to the word of God. This is not being done very effectively in our present culture, in my opinion. Some of our local churches are doing a good job. Others are not. But we can all admit that as an aggregate whole, I think if you're sober enough to admit it, brethren, as an aggregate whole, uh, men need to be on their faces. You can have all the strategies in the world. I'll give you a little insight into our series this Friday and Saturday. The work that Nehemiah did, which was remarkable, could have never been done at all in the flesh. And we got a lot of fleshly work going on in the church, and that's why there's no real divine outcome. The work that Nehemiah was able to accomplish collectively with the brethren and their families could have never been done if there first wasn't decades of weeping. Weeping. Weeping leads to successful work. No weeping. No divine work, no divine witness, no divine advancement, no divine outcome. You can work, but if you don't weep, there is no divine outcome. And you know intuitively that the church at large is not praying as it ought to. Should, it's not. Because the enemy has infiltrated. And and actually, the infiltration, my brethren, is really taking place not so much in outward ministries of uh, social justice or evangelism or apologetics or any of the kind of uh, uh, altruistic things we might do to help people because we want to show them how much we love them. Nope. Most of the battle that we're losing 
is in the mind. It's in the mind. The enemy has infiltrated our minds and has distracted us from the work. And so we are in trouble there. This is what I'm going to be talking to us about because our men are only men first in their minds, then in their hearts, and then in their hands. It's the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open, one 888 Got to take another break. Um, we'll talk when we come back on the other side. Don't you touch that dial. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time 540 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open, one 329 Two lines open, one 329 If you want to call and chime in on uh, what I'm talking about now, or um, if you've got a question or a comment that you think is worthy of real discourse, we can do that. Let me go to line one and talk with Jesse and Modesto. Jesse, are you there? Hello, Pastor. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Oh, by God's grace, I'm doing well. Good, good. We're we're talking about this weekend's Revelation Ministry, right? That's right. Okay. Uh, so we, the ministry uh, went to a one uh, Saturday per month uh, format, mm-hmm. and so it's the second Saturday of the month now. And so uh, this Saturday, March the 9th, uh, we're inviting everyone just to come out and volunteer and, and put these Bibles together for these uh, prisoners and inmates and all those different things. And uh, it's from 8 a.m. Uh, to 2 p.m. And uh, Grace Bible Church is kind enough to feed all of us there. And it's just a wonderful time of uh, working on the Lord's business and, and fellowshipping with the others, brothers and sisters. I agree and with you. Just, yeah. And just a quick praise report. I was listening to the show here mm-hmm. and the uh, the ratios used to be 10 to 1, uh, 10 women, maybe one uh, brother. Uh-huh. But now, by God's grace, and I know it was the sisters that were praying, now the men are coming out. I agree. That is such a praise report. And yep. so the brothers are coming out, and I thank God for the um, the event that you're having out this weekend. But yeah. if uh, people have time, between 8 and 2 p.m., we're going to be down at uh, Grace Bible Church and putting these Bibles together and getting out God's Word. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important work. I, I, um, I'm i very thankful for what God is doing through the Revelation uh, Ministries, Jesse, um, to be able to uh, facilitate the inmates, because they can't come to us, uh, but we can go to them in a number of ways, and to be able to do it with quality Bibles, with care, uh, and, 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 and also, you know, a, a unique aspect of it, which is uh, personal engravings of their name uh, and go print, uh, just is, it goes beyond, you know, just kind of throwing them a $2 Bible. These are really quality right. Bibles with really quality work. And the, the part that I delight in when I can make it on Saturdays to uh, to oversee what's going on is is uh, the room full of brothers and sisters. And as you said, the men folk are growing in it, too, of just sitting and uh, taking on a task of labeling, packaging, uh, in, in embroidering, uh, carrying the Bibles, you know, taking them to the to the uh, Office, all of that is a beautiful experience um, that uh, that that I'm thankful that God is allowing to to flourish for uh, for for you and uh, for the uh, brothers and sisters who have who have who have uh, engaged in it. And so I'm hoping that this Saturday, from eight to what time? Two p.m. 
Yeah, from 8 to about 2. Anytime in that spectrum, you guys, you don't have to be there all day. Um, people come early, work for a couple hours, and then pull out. People come a little later, 10 o'clock, you can do that. You can come 11 o'clock. We have kind of different uh, aspects of it. But once you get used to what, what's being done, you, you, you're going to want to be there for the duration because uh, it's just a joyful time to take an early Saturday morning if you're not doing anything of that quality of labor to just join us. You have to be a member of grace. You just have to be uh, a lover of Christ and a lover of the souls of men. And like Jesse said, we feed you and uh, we enjoy a great time of fellowship and uh, doing the Lord's work in terms of getting the word of God into the hands of, of many people. And, and ever since it started, it actually has been an astounding thing to see how consistent God has come through to allow us to put so many Bibles in so many people's hands. So we're thankful that the Lord is in this as well. So, um, Amen. yep. So thank you, Jesse. I, I, I look forward to hearing the outcome. Of course, you know, I'll be teaching Saturday morning, but I'll definitely be uh, keeping you guys in prayer uh, for the uh, good turnout and the uh, the good work. And we'll lift you all up in prayer, Pastor, uh, uh, on Saturday. And thank God and thank God for the men that are coming around. Amen. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Pastor. I'm All right, let me go to line one and talk with Deborah in Oakland. Deborah, are you there on line one? Um, you just stole my thunder. In terms of what? All that you said. Mm. Well, you better do a little echo before I go do a break because I don't remember what I said. About the men. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because you see, we need more men, and if if there were godly men that would stand up and not be afraid. Mm-hmm that um, we could turn the barrier area and other cities and towns and states around. I agree with that. And uh, I would like to tell you that I'm going to be praying for you, and a lot of uh, people will be praying for you, and, uh, um, and uh, we expect a good report. And you know what? I, it was Jesse just called talking about some of the work we're doing with getting Bibles out. And he was talking about how the sisters are praying for the brothers. I really we really need that, Deb. I mean, it's like, please don't <laughs> pray for your brothers. OK, <laughs> pray for us. We need prayer from you, sisters. We really do. We really we really do. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. And I'm going to pray for the sisters, too, that they'll. Stand up and support their men. Absolutely, and 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 and, and uh, you know, I mean, that's what God would have us to do. Uh, you know, He would have us to recognize our sisters as beautiful distinct creations of God, uniquely different than men and vice versa, in that we would want to support you guys in your calling as women. And we would be expecting that that godly women would be going to the throne to our father uh, and to our savior to uh, to help us, because, you know, it's a, I, I'll be honest with you. The enemy is attacking all of us on all kind of fronts, and I know you know that personally, but definitely getting at our men. I, it's really, it's really, um, I hate using the political term that's out there bantering in politics, but it's almost at crisis level, to be honest with you, the uh, warfare uh, by the diabolical one against our men. It's almost at crisis level. Much of what I do, apart from preaching and teaching, um, Deb is really trying to guide men up out of really, really, really deep, 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 dark, dark pits, dark, dark pits. And it starts way early in childhood. And uh, the thing is, if the men 
stand up. I think it's going to really make a difference for um, a lot of places that otherwise didn't have any light at all. I agree. I agree. I, I think you got the prophetic component of it down uh, down exactly right. I, I think that the strategic goal of the adversary is to separate and uh, conquer by division and uh, destroying our capacity to just be present. Part of the way God strategically wins battles, I'm kind of talking my message a little bit and men don't get it, um, is the presence of men, the presence of men, the presence of men. They're called by nature to be leaders. And when they are visibly present, they show leadership. First Timothy chapter two says it early on. I will that all men everywhere lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting Deb in that context. Uh, the spirit of God told Paul to tell men to be visible in the church. When your hands are lifted up high, you're showing visible connection to the true and the living God. When you are not visible, you can be there. But if you're vis- invisible, you are basically ineffective and no community should feel comfortable where their men are invisible. And also that many men will come to the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time. I agree. I agree. You got it. So you got your marching artists. Pray us through that, that um, we would see God draw men from every nation, kindred, tribe and tongue. And I'm, I'm encouraging the young men, 12, 13, 14 years old, to come with their dads, uncles, sponsors and all that so that God might move. I'm definitely praying for conversion of all kinds of men as well as restoration. Thank you for a reminder of that, Deb. Um, we'll talk to you later. Bless you, girl. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Too. Yeah. I got to take a break now. When I come back, all the lines are open. one 367 I mean, all the lines are open. You got a question, comment, Bible observation that you want me to deal with, or you got an issue, a struggle, a challenge, even with me. This is a free country. You come right, you'll 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 have an opportunity. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine is the number to reach yours truly if you want to talk about anything worthy of discussion uh, on a spiritual, on a practical level, uh, social level. As we were talking before we had our two previous callers, I was telling you how riveted I was uh, on the Michael uh, Michael Cohen uh, investigation and query by the House and Senate and just uh, if you listen to it unfiltered, if you try to get past CNN News and get past Fox News, that you know, because they have a slant on what they want you to hear on that, and you can just hear it for yourself, you would be remarkably amazed at how um, candid Michael Cohen was. And uh, I took away from that 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 uh, that that query. Uh, seven things. I'll give you the headings of them before I go to the phone line. The first thing is, is that the legislative process is working. It is kind of awkward, broken and, 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 and slow, but it's working. Uh, secondly, as I stated earlier, to those of you who are believers in Christ, forget partisan politics. It destroys Christian testimony, uh, credibility, because you end up just, you know, having to, uh, you know, identify with just unprincipled people that are you know, just not right. Okay. 
and then thirdly, what I discovered is uh, the unfiltered news outlets where you could hear the investigation without the whole slanting it with uh, sort of a biased prejudice opinion framework allows you to hear a balanced and clear process uh, in terms of our legislative process objectively. You can get that on C-SPAN and other places, too, if you you know were interested in the kind of more boring news about what goes on in politics, but at least it's not filtered and most of our government, not our government, but most of our society is constantly being bombarded by the filtering process of uh, the left-right narrative in politics, as you know. Fourthly, the Republican Congress and senators, in my opinion, were shamefully dismissive and apparently desperate to discredit a man who was saying, I am now ready to tell the truth, as if uh, you know, th- there was no room for anybody to say, you know what, I'm sorry, I made some mistakes. I was absolutely uh, wrong in what I was doing. He- he's facing time, albeit only a couple of years, uh, but that's because he's valuable. That's what our government does around the world. It gives breaks to people that it won't give to other people. In other words, Michael Cohen can get caught doing things of atrocious, almost treasonous levels in terms of the law, but because of who he knows and what he knows he'll get off in a couple of years not you not me (laughs) that won't happen if you do what he did or i do what he did we'd be facing 20 years but he wants to see his family so i get it and i don't know about you but i listened to it and i heard levels of sincerity that made me go you know what that man has nothing to lose he has everything to gain by by cooperating now, he might end up being killed, you know, because he, he's worked with some uncoop uh, parties in Russia and other places. But that, that, too, at the higher levels of government, that, too, is what goes on. Fifthly, most of what Cohen said, we've already known. So it's not like he was saying a whole lot new. This is why I told you for years during the time that that uh, Trump was running that I said, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't vote for him. He doesn't meet the criteria for me. I know people wanted to beat Hillary, and so they did it, but he didn't meet the criterion for me. He didn't meet the biblical criterion. He didn't meet in what I considered a politically sound and respectable criterion as a man because he was too flaunting about his relationships with women. That's what power does. Power makes an individual seem so invincible that, as he stated with his own lips, he could walk down Broadway in New York and shoot somebody and get away with it. That's absolutely insane thinking, but that's what that's what power does. It corrupts people who have it, like uh, Mr. Roger Ailes on Fox News. That's why Fox News has had to completely revamp because their hypocrisy has been exposed, too. And Fox News duped a lot of Christians. Sure did. Still does. Number six, Trump's Russian relationships, based on Mr. Cohen, are true. This is the area that I think that when they continue the investigation, if anything, they will they will they will be pushing the borders of uh, impeachment with our president only because he was just careless about how to how to disconnect before um, how to disconnect before be, uh, running for presidency. I thought I think he felt like he didn't have to disconnect like he didn't have to stop putting Trump towers up everywhere in the world. Um but he should have because this is a major conflict of interest, particularly with um, the, the way uh, Russia has been able to infiltrate our intelligence um, on, on tons of levels. Now, uh, finally, Trump will not be impeached. He just won't be impeached. OK, he's not going to be impeached uh, unless unless something comes up that we don't know about. 
in so far as the Republicans are concerned, uh, Trump is um, he 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 got away. Like in so far as the Republicans are concerned, they're they're wiping their bra so far with regards to the Cohen uh, interrogation because Michael Cohen didn't 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 give them any uh, at present uh, tangible, credible, uh, objective evidence of any kind of collusion on the part of Trump and and Putin or Russia with regards to the election process. That might still come, but they're sweating. They're wiping their face over legal issues. I'm talking about moral issues. I'm talking about moral ethical issues. I'm talking about what happens when we are corrupt in our morals and our ethics. Um, it's very difficult to 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 be legally uh, uh, proprietous when our morals and our ethics are all messed up too. That's just the fact of the matter. What the Bible says is, "He that ruleth among men must be just." Ruling in the fear of God. Then he'll be like the sunshine rising uh, uh, in the evening and bringing about the kind of light and, and energy and, and, and restoration and vigor that our culture needs. But when we have unprincipled men who uh, don't even respect marriage and don't respect uh, women and, and that, that that's a phenomenal thing, isn't it? Because that's really what's going on in a large level today. Uh, our powerful men are being found to not be able to just keep their pants up uh, when they get into power. That's what happened to Fox News with Roger Ailes. I mean, I, I just, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing what's going on presently. But this is all part of the larger trajectory away from a biblical worldview. Um, it's just sad. So look here. Um, let me see here. How am I going to do this? Let me let me take one call. I'll take one call. Let me start with Danielle in Oakland. Uh, Danielle, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi. What's, Hi. what's your question, comment, or observation? Um, so my first question is, I caught the last bit of the this weekend where they're putting Bibles together for inmates. Yes. And where is that? And I wanted more information on that. Right. Well, if you want to take a number down, I can give you. Uh, ha- do you know who I am? Yeah, I would okay. love to. Okay. What's the phone number? The number is, okay, that's the more important thing. Number The number is 510. Okay. 886. 886. 9782. 9782. Okay. Right. And what is, what city is that in? It's in Hayward. Okay, great. And then it, my other question is, is it just for men to participate in mm-hmm. it or women as well? No, this is the uh, Bible sh- Bible uh, shipment process. That That's all men and women, uh, young people, old people, everybody. They just, uh, it's a wonderful time. So, Danielle, if you just felt moved to want to come out and be part yeah. of that the event, you, you'll actually enjoy it thoroughly. Um, and you can call okay. the office and they'll let you know. Okay, I'm moved because um, I'm a daughter of, my father was, in San Quentin for pretty much my whole life and then passed away as a heroin addict. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. My brother's following in his footsteps mm-hmm. and <clears throat> my stepfather died from alcoholism. Every man in my life has either died from drugs or alcohol or been in prison. So to hear that, that I could help with that, um, I've never heard anything like that before. So that really caught my attention. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying my best to stay positive yep. all the time, trying yep. to lift my brother out of the darkness. Yep. Um, and yep. so 
I just wanted to help, and I didn't catch the whole message, um, and I wish somebody would have reached out to my father like that in prison. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Um, If if you call, um, our secretary will uh, inform you um, about how to come, and you will find your story is repeated over and over and over and over. I grew up in the same kind of situation you did, Danielle, in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we we minister and target that specific challenge, uh, both for the men and the women on both sides, uh, because we know they need to be recognized and, and um, uh, you know, ministered to. Uh, where they are. And you are right. One of the problems that we are recognizing in our culture is the uh, devastation of our men on so many levels. So the Lord bless you. And um, I, I hope to um, hope to see you sometime. Do, do you listen to this program from time to time? I've been listening to it for many years, and it's helped me tremendously become the woman that I am today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. All right. I'm going to take a break on the other side. I'll get all my calls. And uh, so you guys have to hold on uh, one line open, though. One triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine, one triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. Brandon, you hold on. I'll catch up with you in a minute. Uh, So we're going to take a break and we'll come back on the other side. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.